0: Hi, I'm Pastor Brady, and welcome to the Five Forks Student Ministries Podcast. For this week's lesson, we are continuing our series talking about how to be a quitter. Throughout life, we're always told never give up and don't quit. However, we do want to quit. We want to be quitters. Because as we begin 2024, we want to start quitting our bad habits and removing them from our lives. This week, let's talk about quitting. Idolatry. So, yeah, uh, like I said, we are uh, continuing on with our series. We are in week three of our series talking about how to be a quitter. And I say this has been a fun series so far because. As we've started kind of each of these lessons, I've enjoyed getting you all to chant along with me, because in a world that is always saying, never give up and don't quit, we are defying that and saying, no, we are going to quit. We are going to be a bunch of quitters. And so I want you to say it loud and proud with me right now, I'm a quitter. 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 Let me hear it. One more time, I'm a quitter. That's what I'm talking about. Dalton, are you a quitter? I'm a quitter. That's what I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. You see, as we began talking about uh, a few weeks ago, our goal as we start off this new year is to be a bunch of quitters. We want to quit our bad habits. For example, if you were with us last week, we talked about how we want to quit complaining. We know we talked about how complaining is like when you have that spiritual bad breath, where as a result, it ends up pushing people away. It pushes God away. Instead, we want to learn how to move on from this complaining mindset that just seems to be the norm around our world. And instead, we want to learn to have a mindset of rejoicing and being glad in all circumstances. And so I hope, you know, as this week has kind of gone on and you've had moments of temptation to complain, I hope you know we're hit with a little bit of conviction, being like, oh, I'm going to hold, I'm going to still my tongue, I'm not going to complain, I'm going to learn to rejoice instead. So I hope you've uh, been challenged with that this past week. But tonight, yeah, we have a different thing that I want to talk about quitting, a new thing that we are going to be quitting. You see, tonight, we want to quit idolatry. I know that sounds kind of strange, quitting idolatry, because, I don't know, I feel like it's something we maybe don't talk about a, a ton And it's also just kind of a weird word as well, uh, talking about that. And so as we begin this conversation, I think it's first that we just get a a good definition for what exactly is idolatry. So let me ask you all, what is it? Dalton, I saw your hand first. What you got? It's like praising something like money. Yeah, Hartley? Hartley? Be something like being greedy with wealth, Lucas. Worshiping something other than God. I think that one kind of hits the nail on the head right there. So as I was uh, kind of sitting in my office trying to come up with a good definition for myself, you know, I started just doing a little bit of research of, okay, what uh, what do other people say about this? And I came across a definition uh, from a man named Tim Keller, and he was just a brilliant, brilliant guy, uh, just a brilliant studier of the Bible and speaker. Um, And he had a really good definition for this that just stood out to me. So I want to read it with you. And this is how he defined what exactly an idol is. He said, an idol is this. An idol is anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. It's anything you seek to give you what only God can give. And so as I was Reading, you know, and kind of going over, trying to find all these kind of different definitions to come up with this perfect one, this is the one that stood out to me because I was like, wow, like, that one, that's, it struck a chord within me when I read that. I was like, yeah, that is, that is exactly right. Because it's anything that you place above God. It's anything that you start to think of, this is going to provide this for me instead of God. You start to value it more than God. You start to rely on it more than God. So let me just give you a quick example of what exactly that looks like. While Jesus was traveling with his disciples to Jerusalem, we read about uh, an interesting story, an interesting encounter that he had with a rich young ruler. We find this in Mark chapter 10, and it starts in verse 17. So follow along. Verse 17, it says, "'As Jesus was starting out on his way to Jerusalem,' A man came running up to him. He knelt down and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must not cheat anyone and honor your mother and father teacher, the man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. And looking at the man, Jesus felt genuine love for him. There is one thing you have not done, he told him. Go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. At this, the man's face fell, and he went away sad. For he had many possessions. So again, this story is known as a story of the rich young ruler. And the thing about this guy is, he seems to be a pretty like upstanding gentleman, you know, an upstanding citizen who he's focusing on the right things, like he wants to focus on following God and following God's commandments, right? Like he's focusing on the right things. In fact, he explains how. He's been following some of those Ten Commandments since he was a kid. What are, what are some of the Ten Commandments? We read through them earlier. Hartley, what's one of the Ten Commandments? Yeah, do not steal. What else? Over here, Tony? Yeah, honor your uh, father and mother. That's exactly right. Dalton? Yeah, do not murder. Exactly. So he's been saying, yeah, I've done all these. I have been obeying all of these since I was a child. And he would be someone, that, as you kind of look at it, you know, he'd be like, yeah, this guy's a He's kind of like an A-plus follower of God, right? Like he's been doing all of the right things his entire life. That is, until Jesus challenged him with one more thing. He challenged him to go and give away all of his money and possessions. So I'm curious, just to hear your thoughts on this, but why do you think Jesus challenged this man to give away his money and possessions? because as we kind of went over, like, he was a pretty good guy. Like, he followed those Ten Commandments. He didn't cheat. He didn't steal. He didn't lie. And yet, Jesus still wanted to challenge him with one more thing. And why is that? Colin? So he kind of, you know, it's kind of like one more, one more test for him. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's easy just to follow, but to truly mean it and live by it. Yeah. Hartley? I think you write kind of those last couple words you said where he wants to make sure that this young, rich young ruler is following him over anything else. And I think that's exactly right. You see, for this rich young ruler, what do you think he idolized in his life? What was the idol in his life? Jesus? Sadly, no. It was not. Kenzie? It was his money. It was his possessions, his wealth. That had become the idol in his life, the thing that he valued more than anything else, something that he even valued more than following God. And that's why Jesus challenged him with this. He's like, if if you are truly, you know, in this sense, literally, put your money where your mouth is. Go and sell all of your possessions and give the money to the poor and then come follow me. And even though this guy, we would have said, like, He's a good guy. He's trying to do and live life the right way, following God. In the end, he couldn't do it. And it says he walked away with his head down, defeated. And so, you want to know something that is a little ironic to this whole story? I've kind of hit it on a a couple times, but the rich young ruler, like I said, his whole focus was like he followed those Ten Commandments, right? Like he was a good guy because he followed some of those Ten Commandments. But the problem, and the thing that I find a little ironic, is that he didn't follow all ten of them. He followed the ones that Jesus listed, which I think is partially why Jesus listed those ones in particular, but there's a couple that he failed to follow. Why do I say that? Well, because wouldn't you know, idolatry, placing something above God, is one of the Ten Commandments. Listen to this. This is in Exodus chapter 20. The very first of the Ten Commandments says this. Exodus chapter 20, verse 3. You must not have any other God before me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods. For this rich young ruler, the God in his life, God with a lowercase g, it was his money. That was the idol in his life. It was his money. And so I just want you to take a quick note here about just how serious God takes this. Like, typically, you know, whenever God speaks, he tends to be pretty serious about what he's saying. But, but here, like, this is not something to be swept under the rug at all. Like, this is something that we should stop and be like, whoa, like, okay. Because, I mean, it's clear as day. Like, I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God who will not tolerate your affection for any other gods or any idols. Like, this is serious, and so this is why I wanted to kind of take a moment, like, no, like, this is something we got to lock in for. Like, this isn't something we just want to sweep under the rug like it's any other thing. Like, this is something we need to pause and stop and be like, whoa, okay, all right, I'm listening now. This is something that is really, really important, and it's something that we need to quit. As you talk about this, you know, whole journey of becoming quitters, this right here should be right towards the top of this list, is quitting idolatry. And so as we look to become quitters with idolatry, I think there's a couple questions we need to address. And the first thing really is, well, what do you idolize? What are the potential idols in your life? And there's a whole bunch of different answers for this. There's a whole bunch of different answers for this. I think sometimes it could be, maybe it's like a, a specific person or a thing. Maybe it's like a specific, you know, actor or athlete or musician or content creator that you just follow. And, you know, if they say, hey, I sponsor this brand, you buy it without even thinking about it. Something like that. So maybe it's like a specific person of some kind. Maybe it's a specific thing. Like for the rich young ruler, it was his money. Maybe for you, it could be your phone. Or your game system. Maybe it's not necessarily a person. Maybe it's not even a thing. But it could be like a concept of some sort. Like maybe for you, the concept of just being popular and well-liked has just become the idol in your life. The thing that you have just devoted yourself to. Like you are such a people pleaser that that is the only thing you ever think about. Maybe it's just the idea of having a boyfriend or girlfriend. And that's just overwhelmed you. Just getting attention from someone of the opposite sex has just overwhelmed your life. Maybe that is the number one thing. And so as we kind of start off this whole journey of, okay, how do we become quitters? I think the first thing we need to address is, okay, what are the idols in our life? How do we figure out what these potential idols in our life could be? And so as I was kind of wrestling with this, I realized, man, the thing about these idols is they can really creep up on us. Like without even realizing it, the things in our life can become idols without us even knowing it. And so it can be hard to see whenever you may have a new idol in your life. And so as we try to figure this out, and as you try to figure this out for yourself, I have three questions that I want you to start thinking about And then in your small groups, you're going to be going over these questions again. So I want you to truly start wrestling with these three questions right now and start kind of thinking about it. And so let's go through them. This first question, as you try to figure out what some of the potential idols in your life may be, is this. What do you spend your time, your energy, your thoughts, and your money on? Think about that for a moment. Let's say, on average, you know, they say you try and get about eight hours of sleep a day. That means you have 16 hours a day to do whatever you want. Now know you may have school, you may have a job, but you have 16 hours in that day. What are you spending your time and your energy and your thoughts on during those 16 hours? Or how about Christmas just happened about a month ago? What kind of gifts did you receive? Or maybe? You got some money. What did you spend your money on? Kind of wrestle with this for a second. And I'm not looking for any responses right now. I see a bunch of hands. I'm not looking for any responses right now. This is for you to start thinking about for yourself. And then you're going to talk about this with your small group a little bit more. But again, this is just kind of getting you started on this. And I will just say, I took some time to really wrestle with this question for myself. You know, As I was sitting in my office, and I was kind of thinking, okay, what exactly do I spend my time on, my thoughts, you know, my energy? What have I been spending that on lately? And as I sat in my office, I was just hit with a wave of conviction. I was like, you know, I feel like I've been spending a lot of time on my phone lately. Like that's been something that I've just really been devoting way too much time to lately. And so I'm sitting in my office, and I go ahead and I, I take out my phone, and I was like, hmm, well, let me go to, uh, to the settings here, because on your iPhone, you can go to your settings. And then under settings, there's something called screen time. And it'll show you just how much time you have spent on your phone. So I was like, well, let me take a look at that. And I will say, what I saw, I mean, it was, it was shameful. Like, it was It was disgusting. Like, I'm not even joking. Like, when I saw it, I was like, that is is ridiculous. So I looked for an entire week. It was from Saturday, December 31st to, uh, I think it was, sorry, Sunday, December 31st to Saturday, January 6th. It was that entire week. And I kind of looked, okay, how much time did I spend on my phone? And what it showed is that for social media apps like, you know, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, and for, you know, apps for watching videos like YouTube and Twitch, Netflix, and then some other, you know, apps for like games that I would play. For that seven-day period, I had spent 18 hours and 45 minutes. I want you to think about that for a second. That is over an entire day, pretty much. Because if we get about, let's say, 16 hours in our day that we're actually awake and conscious, I'd spent 18 hours and 45 minutes that week. And I looked at that and I was like, Brady, what the heck are you doing? What are you doing, man? Like, I was just so disgusted with myself. And I don't even want to know if I would have kept scrolling to see weeks before that, I don't even want to know what they would have told me. I should have. I really am. Now, I just want to kind of be clear and just say, I think it's okay to every once in a while, you know, pull up YouTube and watch a video you're interested in. That's okay to do. It's okay to hop on social media and see what your friends are posting, post something yourself, maybe scroll through a couple funny videos. Like, that's okay to do. But what I did was idolize. I had made my phone and all of these different apps, I had made it become an idol in my life. It was something that I had started to devote way too much time and energy and thoughts and money towards. And so I will say, as soon as I saw that, I immediately started setting time limitations on everything because I was like, no, this is not happening again. I'm not going to let this happen for me again. And the reason why I'm sharing this with you It's not so, you know, yeah, you can point fingers and be like, wow, Pastor Brady, that's pretty embarrassing. And yeah, it is. But the reason that I'm sharing this with you is because as a church, our goal is to help each other grow and overcome potential idols like this. That's what the church is all about. That's what things like youth group are all about, that we help each other grow. And the thing is, it does not matter if you're a pastor. It does not matter if You're just getting started on your faith journey. We need to help each other out. And you need to look to have others help you out. So that way we can keep growing. So all that to say, that's the first question that I really hope you start wrestling with. What are you spending your time, your energy, your thoughts, and your money on? Really, Truly wrestle with that. And again, you're going to get the chance to share that in your small groups in a moment. But there's two other questions I just want to quickly go over for you to wrestle with. You see, that second question is what is taking you away from serving God and loving others? What are you letting take your time away from serving God and loving others to the fullest? What are you letting distract you that's causing you to miss out on opportunities where you can be helping other people out instead? I mean, because I will say for me, having my face down in a phone or having, you know, AirPods or earbuds in listening to music, you're going to miss out on a whole lot of opportunities when you're doing that all the time. So again, wrestle with this question, what is taking you away from serving God and loving others? It's the second question I want you to wrestle with. And then this last question is, what do you prioritize over growing in your faith? What do you prioritize over growing in your faith? And so as you think about this particular question, what I want you to do right now is I want you to think over the past couple of days, weeks, months, maybe even years, and I want you to think about what you have been devoting your time to with improving in certain things. What have you spent your time really trying to improve on certain things to get better at? So, for example... If your goal is to blow up on social media, become a content creator, become an influencer, how much time have you spent doing that? Think about that for a second. Maybe your goal was to practice a particular sport so that way you could become you know, starting on the varsity you know, team. How much time have you spent doing that? Maybe you've been practicing your instrument a lot so you could finally make it to first chair. How much time have you spent doing that? Maybe you wanted to work a couple extra hours to save some more money how much time have you spent doing that? Maybe you're just trying to rank up in a certain game. Maybe it's trying to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Think about how much time you have spent. And whatever it may be, what I'm seriously asking you all to do right now is I just want you to think, am I prioritizing these different things more and improving in these different areas of my life more than what I'm focusing on, improving my faith. Am I spending more time trying to rank up in Fortnite than I am, and I'm looking at you guys because I know you're laughing this whole time, but seriously, like, I'm not messing around. Are you spending more time focusing on that, prioritizing that in your life than you are just taking time to just read your Bible God's love letter to us. I talked about it a ton this morning. Like, this is God revealing himself to us. The creator of the universe revealing himself to us. Are you spending more time worrying about trying to make gold or platinum or elite or whatever the rankings are? Are you focusing more on that than just taking time to just spend a couple of minutes each day just viewing God's love letter to you? Are you spending more time worrying about trying to get a girlfriend or a boyfriend? Trying to just make a few extra bucks? Seriously, think about this. I want to challenge you with these questions. Because with these three questions, as you wrestle with them, you are going to start learning what the potential idols in your life are. They will be revealed to you real quick if you really take the time. And so you're going to get the chance to discuss that with your small group. And I really encourage you to be open and honest. That's why I wanted to be the first to do it. Because how can I expect you all to do it if I wasn't being open and honest myself first? And so that's why I shared that with all of you. And so as you wrestle with these questions, as you start to figure out what some of these potential idols in your life could be, well, the final question we need to be asking ourselves tonight is how do we quit? This whole series about how to be quitters. And we want to be quitters. You all were chanting it with me. We were having a great time. We want to be quitters. And so how do we quit idolatry? How do we remove these potential idols from our lives that are distracting us from God? There's a bunch of different ways that we can go about doing this, but there's two particular things that I really want to challenge you with tonight. I really hope you can start practicing these this week and even tonight. And so here's the first thing. The first thing I want you to do is I want you to share with others what your potential idols may be and I want you to have them help hold you accountable. So you may be familiar with that phrase, there's power in numbers. And so often that phrase, you know, is kind of like referred to like in in war type settings and battles where the more, you know, people you have in your army, there's more power in that. There's more power in numbers. But I found that when it comes to overcoming potential sin in your life, potential idols in your life, there's power in numbers. That there truly is because when you have others there who are just by your side, who are there to help you out, to lend a helping hand, to come alongside you, to pray for you, to challenge you, to help you grow, you'll be amazed at what you see happen. I want you to listen to these powerful words that come from the book of James. It says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Oh, that's awesome. Couldn't say it any better. And I will say, I have seen this own verse come true in my own life. I've seen it come true in my own life. And again, I said I want to be open and honest with you tonight. And I've shared this with some of you before, but especially some of you younger sixth graders, you may not know this. But in my own life, when I was in middle and high school, something that I struggled with that became an idol in my life, one of the most shameful things in my life, was I was addicted to pornography for years, in middle and high school. And it was something I knew was wrong, I knew it was shameful, it's disgusting. And I always thought, you know what? I can overcome it myself. You know what? I can, I can stop. I can stop anytime I want. Boy, was I wrong. I was so, so wrong. Because I just kept going back and back and back to it. For years, just tortured my life. Looking at porn tortured my life. Until one day, I finally was like, okay, I'm going to share with others. I to share with others so that I'm not going on this journey alone anymore, because I could not handle it myself. And so I went to some of my close friends and family members that I trusted, and it was still a battle then. But they were there for me. And they challenged me, they held me accountable, and they prayed for me. so I can say, that I'm free from that. But I wouldn't be free. I didn't go to others that I knew I could trust, that I knew that could be there to challenge and pray for me to help me grow and get better. So I will say, for each and every one of you sitting in this room, you need people in your life to push and challenge you to grow and get better. You might think you can do it on your own. And hey, you might be able to do some things on your own and get better. That's great. But let me tell you, There's power in numbers. That's why we have times like small groups, for you to share with one another, for you to have those times to connect with each other and start holding each other accountable during those times. So that way you can get better and improve on those areas of your life. So that's the first thing I really want to challenge you with. Share with others what these potential idols may be, what these struggles may be, Share with others. Don't hold them in. Share with others, and let them help hold you accountable. That's what this is all about. This is what church is all about. So that's the first thing I really want to challenge you with. The second thing that I want to challenge you with is I want you to spend time fasting from your idols. This is my second challenge for you. And so I just a quick question. What does it mean to fast? I'm not talking about like running at a quick speed. What does it mean to fast? Hartley? Yeah, to, to essentially yeah quit, to stop something for a little bit. That's exactly right. You see, essentially fasting is about giving something up for a period of time. And it's during that period of time that you truly instead start focusing in on your faith with God. And it's while fasting, that extra time that you have where you're no longer spending it on that, in this case, potential idol. That extra time, you're going to use that. Do you know what? No, I'm going to use this time, this extra time I have. I'm going to spend a little bit more time reading my Bible. I'm going to spend a little bit more time in prayer. You know, maybe I'll spend some time just listening to some worship music that I need to listen to. The cool thing about fasting is all throughout the Bible, the Old and the New Testament, there's over 50 examples of it. Like This has been something that's been happening for thousands and thousands of years. And so what I'm challenging you to do with fasting, what I'm challenging you to do is this week, I want you to find and figure out what the potential idols in your life are, and I want you to spend some time fasting for them. And so I already shared what mine is. For me, it's this thing. And so what I did, as soon as I pulled into the parking lot, I took my phone, and I went to App Limitations and I took everything on my phone except for like phone calls and text messaging. And that was pretty much it. I said everything else. I couldn't do it to like a zero-minute limitation. But I put everything else to like a one-minute limitation. So that entire day, I, I will only be able to use every other single app on my phone for one minute and then no more. That's how it's going to help me. And I'm going to do that this entire week. No social media, no games, no YouTube videos. I'm locking in. I'm challenging you all to do the same. And I know for a whole week that's tough. And so if a whole week is just way too overwhelming to start out with, just do a 24 hours. If that's maybe not so bad, do 48 hours. Really use that time to start focusing in on what's truly important. Because I think you'll realize whenever you set those idols down for a moment, I think you'll realize that, huh, I guess I didn't really need it all that much after. all. And so I really encourage you to do that. Spend some time fasting this week. Hold each other accountable in your time of fasting as well. Together, I believe that we can overcome idolatry. I truly do. I think we can become quitters when it comes to this. I wholeheartedly believe that. So I just want to say thank you all for for listening in so closely. Like, I could just see you all have just been, you know, you've been making eye contact with me, and I just really appreciate that. Like, I can see how you've been locked in tonight. Because again, this is something that's serious. And as you can tell, this is something that, as I've wrestled with for this past week or so, something that I've just become really passionate about. And so I really hope you have about. 35 minutes or so that you're going to have time to talk in your small groups. And so I know it's going to be really tempting to just want to fly through the questions as fast as possible and then go into the gym to hang out and play. But I really want you to stop as a small group and really slowly go through some of these questions that I have for you. So I think it's going to be a really good conversation. I encourage you to be open with one another. Don't hide stuff. Don't think you can do it on your own. Use this time. Use these people that are here for you. I'm going to pray. I'm going to send you to your small groups. Thank you all. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for just challenging us, wanting us to get better, wanting us to become the quitters that I believe we are meant to be. And Lord, it's my prayer right now that each of us who are in this room, I pray that we can become quitters when it comes to idolatry. Because Lord, there's nothing in this world that is greater than you. We may try and put things in your place, but it never works. Lord, it's my prayer that we may learn that truth here and now. And then we start to remove these potential idols from our lives. And so be with us during our time of small groups. Let us figure out and be open with one another what these potential idols may be. And let us hold each other accountable. Let us just uh, push each other to get better. And Lord, ultimately, bring us closer to you. Please, Lord, I pray tonight, Let us come closer to you. We love you, Lord. I know we so often fail. And thank you, thank you for your forgiveness and mercy in giving us chances time and time again. Let us grow and get better. Let us continue to challenge each other. Let us be the youth group and church that you want us to be we pray this in the great name of Jesus. Can I get an amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to tonight's lesson. As always, you can go back and listen to any previous lessons that you might have missed. Also, if you want to stay up to date with what is happening in the Five Forks Student Ministries, we encourage you to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, where you can find us under Five Forks Students. Or you can check out our website, ffbicorg slash students.